0: Hello and welcome to the Lost Hour Podcast. I'm Garn, I'm here with Paul. How are you? It's been a while. It's, it has been a while. Life has been uh, complicated. Yeah, yeah. But to
1: be, <laughs> fair, to be fair, it gave us time to do this episode, which I'm looking
0: forward to. Yeah, this is um, one we talked about for ages and we could never really find the time because it, you had to sit down and do listening and work <laughs> Loads of <times>. listening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like kind of half of this podcast is songs that everybody knows and yeah. the other half is maybe songs people don't know. So yeah, I
1: was thinking, I was thinking some people will go,
0: I know this. But that's good. They, that'll, yeah, make, but that'll make you feel good. Exactly. You you know, one upsmanship is alive and well in the we world. Did
1: a, we did one similar to this, but it's different. Yes. Because whenever we do something that's one way, we go. Oh, what about like this? And we go, oh, Did we not mm. do something like that? But actually, the one we did is different. We did one called "Wolf in Sheep's Clothes" before, yes. which was when a a band is known for a song that doesn't sound like them.
0: Yes, this exactly. is a bit different, though. So if this you want to so this is called Odd One Out. And basically, what we've done is we've picked a couple of songs by famous artists that don't sound anything like them. Like if yeah. you, if if this if I in theory when we play these songs, you should go like, who the fuck is that? And, and that's then the way we're going to approach it as well exactly. Yeah,
1: We're, we're not going to just tell you This will be a fun It's an interactive one Although you won't be able to interact directly Exactly Interact as in your head like you always do So it's pretty exactly.
0: exciting um, And then we're going to play uh, Obviously Their most popular song And you'll go No way Alright mm. So this is called Odd One Now um, and it's it should be fun, so we're going to do a little bit of listening. We didn't do any samples for a couple of weeks there, just because it messes with our YouTube algorithm and, and stuff like that as well. But you know what? YouTube numbers, we're not, because we're not a video, kind of like a vlog or a video caster or anything like that, YouTube is not the most important thing in the world. Uh, but every now and again, you need to stick your head back into the sand and hide for a little while and hope that those filthy um, Spotify algorithms don't cop onto something. And uh, So we're sticking our head back out of the sand now. We're going to play you some samples yeah and uh, hopefully we we, because we, we, we have to we have
1: to like we have to kind of prove that this band had a song exactly had a, circus, had a song that doesn't sound and we can't just explain Can the song it, that's without,
0: without 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 them telling you who they are yeah, yeah, wouldn't work so this is a, this is yeah. definitely a sample basically. exactly um, so I think we get straight into your forced one and I suppose the yeah. best way to do this is to just play a lump of yeah, it for them yeah just play play a lump yeah? of it straight away and then we'll talk about it so uh, see okay no let's let's, ha- let's have a blend with this this first one here and see how we get on Oh, now um, that's, uh, that's a that's very, a banger. It is a little banger. It's a very peculiar sound. Uh,
1: it is a really weird sound because it comes in with new, clear new wave synth pop, yeah. but then it goes to uh, early eighties sort of R and B pop. Yeah. As well, so so we'll figure out. Try and figure out what the hell has gone on with this. So the members of the original lineup of this band have been playing with each other since 1978. Mm. Uh, with a new lineup and a new name, they were signed by two Arista. By Clive Davies, one of the greatest AR men of all time, Whitney Houston, mm. Billy Joel, Aerosmith, Pink Floyd, Westlife, Life, mm. and Bruce Springsteen, Janice Joplin. Uh, you, if you haven't watched the documentary of the Home on Netflix, it's very, very good. Um, he told the Cuban born singer of this band that they were going to be the next Joy Division. Okay. But after a lot of heavy meddling, the music sort of resulted in this mm. very, very commercial new wave money spinner. But the lead singer did not want to sound like that. He wanted to sound like this. He takes what they The, saying,
2: doesn't he? I've been the of I've been i it with a in the never me I'm It's
0: a fucking stone Cold banger, like.
1: I, I, I forgot to like tell you to skip ahead a little bit, but uh, it doesn't matter. Wow. Because, um, Yeah. So Jesus. I've talked about this. I've talked about this a few times on the podcast, Bits and Bobs. We've never mm. really gone into it. That is uh, obviously for the people that know ministry. Um, Al Jorgensen, who was influenced by even by that stage, by Front 242. Yeah. He wanted to be an industrial metal band or an, at the time an industrial band or even just a hardcore yeah. band anything that wasn't sort of what he was doing (laughs) anything that Uh, wasn't that four song yeah basically (laughs) so the first thing we heard was the 1983 single i wanted to tell her featuring american singer Shay jones Mm. uh jorgensen said later that he hated this whole period Uh, yeah um i would take some of it with a pinch of salt i'd say he enjoyed a bit of it but to be fair what he says does make sense in some ways because i watched it i watched a video of this uh, song when they played it live and it's it's mad. it's yeah. really weird. He's playing a lot of those rhythms on guitar that I thought were in the background. He's got a front two four two sticker on his guitar, so yeah, he, he yeah. was he was I, in '83 into this, and I, I believe that honestly there was a lot of meddling and, and other writers. Um, he hated this album. He hated the tour he did. We toured him with the Police, and I wow. like they well. got <laughs> pushed really really hard. by Arista, uh, yeah. Like, can you imagine that? And there was a cheesy, watered-down version of what he actually wanted. He compared this experience to that of Milli Vanilli, and he called this album, With Sympathy, which I actually quite like, a sonic abortion, which is probably... Wow. He's got a way with words. It also sounds like it could be a name of one of his albums. But he, he technically did He technically did just name his, his album. That um, He said that Arresta <laughs> had prevented him from... In 1982, before this came out, he prevented uh, some of the songs that would eventually, like, appear on uh, Land of Rape and Honey... He said that he brought them to Arista and they just said no. But can you imagine, right, in 1982, sitting down with Clive Davies? He's like, oh, Al, I've got to go meet Aretha Franklin in half an mm. hour. What have you got? And fucking Al plays a Stigmata. Yeah. Rump. No, that's not going on the album.
0: That's not happening. Um,
1: yeah. According to Ian McKay, who uh, Jorgensen had a band with, uh, Palehead, mm. he only discovered hardcore music after his synth pop work. I don't believe that. I don't, no. that, I don't believe that's no. true. I don't believe that. I think it's 50-50 believe half of what Al Jorgensen says and half yeah. what everyone else says about whether he loves doing this music or not. Now, si- since this, he has made amends with the album uh, in his own way, mm. saying that because of this record, I wouldn't be who I am today. Oh, yeah. I think without that record, I wouldn't be as much of a fucking maniac douchebag. So I'm thankful <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> the album <laughs> with sympathy was out of print for many years, and he claimed that he destroyed the master tapes oh wow well. um, I actually bought it on on a yeah, you got it A while ago, didn't you yeah yeah I think so i think it's it's on its it's i'll have it soon um, very cool, I'm just flicking things around yeah so, me too. the album achieved commercial success and reached number ninety four in the billboard two hundred, which is not bad it's not more than not shabby copies not shabby uh, at all al jorgensen is was known for at the worst of his is a height of his, his drug addiction to be on heroin, cocaine, speedball, crack, LSD, various pharmaceuticals, and two full bottles of Bushmills a day.
0: How is there enough hours in the day to do all that? Like,
1: and my Bushmills.
0: Well, bush Bushmills is yeah. my second favorite whiskey. To be honest, with, it's with not you. bad, but like I'm saying, yeah. like, but I like it's a, a weird choice.
1: A Chicago, a Chicago-based uh, metal band would be into Bushmills, but then again, Kim Jong Un was into. Hennessy, so yeah, you never and know.
0: stockpiled it because collector in the world it. apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, like I had one point after work last night, and I had to get up four times for pisses. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, Ali Organson is doing like an entire fucking illicit pharmacies. Yeah, you know what I mean. To like, be
1: fair, do you know what? Do you know what substance made him clean himself up? Well, being bitten by a poisonous spider and nearly losing his arm. <laughs> That's you need to <laughs> go hannamant. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. So just a quick note before we move mm. on. These are two two interesting facts or one interesting fact, because so, I've already blown the other one. Uh, ministry at this time on this album had a mm. drummer called Drummer called Stephen George, who went on to be the engineer, mixer and programmer for the Space Jam soundtrack. <laughs> Do you know what is mostly annoying to me is that I went to look for what label that was on. Mm-hmm. Like it could be on any other label
0: than mm. Warner. You dope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't have Uh, thought of that now till you said it. Yeah, but I I, I typed it in and went,
1: "Well, what with? Oh, yeah." (laughs) Uh, I like with sympathy. It's fun. It's catchy. It's interesting. It's really cringy at times, but uh, it's 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 an album Mm. that's very special to to kind of look at. uh, uh, retrospectively and i find it very interesting Mm, it's nowhere near mm. the later 80s and 90s uh ministry but that was my first revelation odd one out who's your first one
0: uh my first one is well don't tell me yeah yeah (laughs) well you can see it on the screen um i know yeah that's what we can't we can't, we, we can't fool each other because of the way this works out but it's you know, real. It's, that's a, we'll be news, so it's I'm really talking. hard not to just say the name of the band as well. I oh, that's, um, that's what I'm saying. It's really hard <laughs> not to. <laughs> so we first started talked about this a while ago, um, because I, you might have noticed, we moved to every two weeks, and then I think we there's been like an extra week, maybe even two weeks since our, uh, when we were supposed to have our last episode out because everyone just turned to shit. And in in my life, I had two big things happen to me. Jesus. And yeah. um, uh, So I just I've been out out for it. even today. We're recording on a Sunday. At uh, half one in the afternoon. This is just don't tell them that. That's not rock and roll. It's, it's the least rock and roll thing of all time. I just had an out with a corn sausage roll. Um, and that's that's, that's literally that's, ro- that's rock and roll. That's rock and roll as fuck. Um, I have cuts all over my legs from uh coming off my electric scooter. That's uh, sort of no, it's not no, you're we're almost, not at all. Almost there. <laughs> I cancelled it. We rock it off. Cancelled that. Yeah. So we're talking about doing doing this podcast. I was like, okay, well, you know, when it's quiet and work or whatever, I can start rooting around uh, online because I, I had a couple in my head that I knew instantly I wanted to do. And the rest of them, I want yeah. to do a little bit of research because I'm trying to find uh, kind of big differences between kind of known sounds and and, and, and the yeah, songs we're, that we were, stick we're out.
1: trying to find the most. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Bad one. So uh, this one. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you, this band, like I know loads of songs for this band, like everybody on earth does. And uh, you know, I like most of them. There's a couple of them I've no interest in. But uh when I heard this one, this song I'm about to play, I was like, holy shit, like, this is really I cool. I was
1: even about to let the cat out of the
0: bag there. I oh, was yeah. even about <laughs> to so hard. There. I'm glad we're not drinking. Um <laughs> uh, so anyway, so, here's ministry. Ah, <laughs> So when I heard the song, I was like, "This is really fucking cool." Like, um, and it does. And the more I thought about it, like, it's most certainly very different from their known music. But they do have a couple of other songs that lean in this direction that I'll talk about afterwards. So what I'm going to do is I'll play a play a minute or so of this bad boy, which is just a little beast of a song. Which doesn't, Mm. I think you'd have to have a fairly tuned ear. If you didn't know the song, I think you'd have to have a, a pretty good ear to be able to pick out who it is I'd um, say only I'd say only 25% of people will be able to guess exactly it it, it's just that there's, there's certain little kind of frolics going on that you go like, ah there's a little, this, that, that's that there's little a few kind of, trademarks yeah, yeah exactly in there but at the same time it, it, even the, the way the instrumentation is, is used in it is, is pretty different from the rest of it so uh, here's a little bit of a really good song Oh, it's not Mark Bowlen. It's not T-Rex. It's not Slade. Is
1: it, is it, is it that? Is it that band that? Uh, is it that band that sang uh, like Venus was uh, Blue Shock and Blue? Blue <laughs> Shock and Venus Blue. It's was not, her name? It
0: ain't She's them either. It. Um. Yeah, it's it. It sounds incredibly early seventies British glam rock. It has all the the markers of that Slade, mud, uh Roxy music. It has all that going on for it. Like that, one hundred percent to me sounds like, like T Rex or Mark Bowling or something like that. One hundred has that that dirty kind of sleazy sound. Um, yeah, even the way it's recorded.
1: You know, the only the only the only thing I know that gives that away is the drums not being. Up to the standard of one of those bands.
0: Yeah. But there's also if you I think to that's it,
1: the only thing that makes me want well,
0: sorry. At around fifty five seconds, it turns into the band that you know and love.
1: That's because they can't help doing the thing that they are known for. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> what they exactly. are known for
0: what they are known for is this. Straight in with the chorus, no lube, straight to the fucking It's Abba. Yeah. Um yeah, Jesus see, was, Christ. That was
1: very hard. Watch out was one of my favourite Abba songs. And when you picked that, I was like, Yeah. It's
2: so I oh, you
1: see, in my head, that's so Abba ish that I didn't pick it. But then when I when you played it there, I was like, yeah. it doesn't sound like Abba.
0: No. The closest thing to that would maybe be something like Does Your Mother Know? Which has that kind of driving and yeah. groovy guitar to it, you know, which which is my favourite ABA song. And um, it's bang, like yeah. it's a killer you know what i mean when they do that kind of rock and roll thing they they yeah. they can do it so well and it's definitely at their core you know and um so uh that song watch out off the album waterloo from 1974 which is the second album it was their first international w- was kind of
1: uh, glam rocky though the whole yeah what so. i mean
0: waterloo was obviously their um their eurovision uh song yeah. and watch it was the b-side to waterloo oh wow seven inch now it was the mid seventies. Not every seven inch had the same B side, right? Oh, Depending on what bad, country yeah. you went to, all this kind of shit. So Abba were only known as Abba, um, I think, from the second second album onwards. Before that, they were Benny Bjorn, fucking blah blah blah. Um, yeah, right. they had a different name. So this is their first internationally released album. So this is the one that introduced them to the entire world. But like I said, that watch out was incredibly glam rock, um, which would have stemmed from the English pub rock scene. Which eventually would have given birth to uh, kind of skinhead oi music, which is weird. Uh, the That's crooks there being slayed—it's mental. It's mental. Slade are the middle ground there. If you 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 hang out with any kind of the the not the kind of reggae skins but like the, the kind of traditional English yeah. skinheads who like kind of oi music and street punk and all this kind of stuff if you every one of them will be into kind of slade and, and, and stuff like that as well yeah and you've got bands like guida and all that are like modern bands in the last kind of 10, fifteen years band called be in the gang that are doing the rounds now and they all their roots are in that pub rock scene. You know mm-hmm. all of them. Even the biggest, the biggest bands in those scenes, like Cox and the business and all, they would all started out in their local corner pub, playing kind of Slade covers and T Rex covers. Cox a great band, the fantastic band. Nobody can write a chorus like Cox If Cox didn't look like lads who fucking worked in mines, they could have been a huge pop band. You know what I mean? They could like <laughs> yeah. we're talking like Foo, Foo Fighters esque. That's how good they are. Maybe it's like a from the dwarves. They, they want to be in the dwarves, but they could have written songs for everyone. Exactly, exactly. Um, and might have at some stage. The like Cogspar are really weird. Like Coxpar go to America and play stadiums. Like, it's fucking crazy. You know, and they'll play big gigs over here. But, like, they'll play, like, like, uh, geez, like, maybe Vicar Street, you know, which is like a thousand people. It's a thousand people probably big, yeah. cap them out around here. Um, and they'll do big, big festivals, big punk festivals and stuff like that. But uh, in the states, they could be playing to fucking ten thousand people, no problem. Mm. Every night a week. But uh, we're talking about ABBA, who yeah, uh, haven't released anything bigger. in decades. A little bit bigger, haven't released anything in decades. There's been rumours doing the rounds about new songs for ages. Apparently, they have eight new songs. Five of them are recorded. Um, the the women wanted to do this for years. The two lads were like, "No, nah, we're not, I'm not really into it." And then all of a sudden, something happened in the last kind of ten years where they're like. Uh, let's do a load of music But everybody was off Doing their own thing So the lads went I off hope,
1: I hope it was this revival Of all bands And they released a song And I'll be going Ah oh, we could have done better
0: than that we well, look, do it then. Apparently the last single Didn't do particularly well uh, The last single they ever released And they said If that had been a number one They probably would have kept going Um But they kind of Saw the writing on the that's, wall
1: That's such a fucking Smashing Pumpkins Business marketing To say Well if you had about that single I would have done more
0: yeah, you'd get Another Day is Gone if you just bought that game, you fuck. Um, <laughs> so, I uh, know I really want Another Day is Gone. And I didn't buy the game. I got it for free. And I'm sick. Yeah, of- so, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're, they're living in that world at the moment. But yeah, that's a Watch Out by, by, um, by Abba from 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a killer little song. And it's a song it's 100% brilliant. that once we get back to DJing in pubs and clubs and all, it's 100% getting pulled out at uh, yeah. any of our Lost Art Nights or Pursuit Nights or whatever the fuck we're going to do um, so who is your next one
1: my next one is a Rage Against the Machine B-side with a Deftones interlude <laughs> like stick it on song. there
0: this song is just it's it's, it's almost can't even describe <laughs> yeah. it I really and truly can't describe what the fuck this song is all about do you want me to play it yes alright Have a, have wrap your ears around this
1: That's mad. So uh, it wasn't a Rage Against the Machine B-side with a Deftones interlude. Was it someone trying to be Slipknot? Yes, I think it was someone trying to be Slipknot. Um, it is one of the biggest bands of all time doing that song and released it this year. Stick on what that band normally sound like when they're being normal, this band. yeah yeah that's mad so uh some people will know that because it's one of the biggest fans in the world just released yeah. a song th- this month and um, shouldn't have and shouldn't have because uh you know what though the more i listen to it the less i don't like it really the more i wouldn't say the more i like it the less i don't like it i, I wouldn't I,
0: even say the less i hate it i would rather the world uh if that didn't exist in it
2: yeah
1: maybe it's, Look, yeah. this is actually a 20-year-old. Song. Yeah, I was reading and this the, star- the story behind it is very interesting. Um, it was only released this month. It's a track from the cutting room floor of Chinese democracy seven years after, which came out seven years after it was created. I still haven't you listened to the album. The Key, but it's okay. There's some great stuff on it. I think mm. some of the demos sounded better. Uh, it was just rawness. Chris Pittman and Dizzy Reed wrote it. The keyboard players because they, they didn't put it on Chinese democracy and this is the line that that let me know exactly what Axel Rose was thinking. They said this sounds what like Guns and Roses will sound like in fifteen to twenty years. <laughs> so Axel Rose kept that in his pocket for fifteen to twenty years, and then went if we put this out now, people will go. They're so of their time, <laughs> but the problem was it just sounded like Rage Against the Slipknot, yeah. badly, badly done, and it's hot shy. Yeah. But at the same time, I sort of... I, I, Like I was saying, at first, before I knew that, I was giving them credit for not covering All Ground and trying something new. But that's 20 years old. Mm. That is All Ground. It just so happened that Dizzy Reed said, or Chris Pittman, whatever one said, that sounds like this band uh, in 20 years' time. And actually goes, right, 20 years, we'll release it. Now, the only the, the, the thing that annoys me is that band has Duff McKagan and Slash in it and they still release this.
2: That's
1: mm. not even there. They didn't even write the bit. That riff is mad stock. Like, yeah. do you know what it sounds like Da-na-na-na-na. it sounds like a bit from a Helmet song just be- like in yeah. between the chorus and yeah. verse before yeah. they go into a thing but you can't make a whole song out of that helmet you know what's Easter mad about that riff 10 songs, right? per, 10, songs per, 10 songs per 10 riffs per song this is like built around one of the weakest ones I've ever
0: real heard. weak like, uh, like you play guitar I, I, I haven't like I can see my brain when I hear that riff I know exactly where my two fingers literally two fingers go to make that riff do you know what I mean like yeah. it's so stuck and so like almost like is my E string and tune type of type of thing. You know what just, I mean? There's
1: bits of that song there out of time. Yeah, yeah. Like there is. And one of the biggest bands in the world just released. I keep saying this. Just released a song after loads of years, to, uh, mm. 13, 14 years or something like that. And anyone was coming out with it under the name of that. And uh, loads of it sounds like it's out of tune and time and and mad, but. Anyway, do you know what they should have done? Just release a Velvet Revolver style song. Because yeah. even though I thought that Velvet Revolver sounded kind of dated when it came out, mm. by all accounts, people loved it and it was grand. So that means, that means I kind of have to say that that music is timeless if it doesn't really have a time. Yeah. And if, so, if they came out with it, like let's say they did come out with a coaches like a, mm. a Slave style song or a Velvet Revolver style song. As long as it was good, people would go, yeah, it's nothing new, but it's a banger. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, like Guns N' Roses I, are known for a sound. You know, and yeah, they they they, they varied a bit within that that genre, but like you could instantly tell it was a Guns yeah. N' Roses song. You know, Look, if he I feel
1: like saying, I feel like saying to them again, as one of the biggest bands in the world, what do you do as a favorite Iron Right now banger? Oh, yeah. I don't know about that now. We're Guns N' Roses, now. we're not like what we used to. Be. Sorry, you can write a banger, now, will you? See, I, right I think
0: Bangers. a lot of them just lose their lose their superpowers. I've been thinking about this an awful yeah, lot. Yeah, maybe you may, the, the juice leaves them. Yeah, I think an awful lot. of them. I think maybe like even going back to Abba, I think maybe the reason there hasn't been Abba songs like in so long is because the lads just haven't really bothered yeah, the whole
1: they, they could have been trying at home and going
0: yeah and like nothing was nothing then, was sticking to they, the wall yeah, and they eventually uh, give up exactly I, I, you bet your bollocks that like there are thousands maybe hundreds of like attempted kind of Bjorn songs or whatever you Know just sitting on a hard disk yeah. or on, on a cassette somewhere, and you just going, like, mm, so you know, what? Uh,
1: for, for every one of them, there's 400 teenagers who would write a song for them. That's oh, fun. in a heartbeat! So, they shouldn't, they, you know, what they should either never put music out again or else get someone like that to do it if they can't do it themselves. If they know, or they, all their mates go, That sounds kind of bad. Although they're the, thrilled, but yes, man, they'll never know. Much,
0: oh, yeah, exactly. There's, there's not, not much, there's not that much shame in bringing in a, a good producer who can kind of cobble things together, you know, who's, who's listen can to songs.
1: Uh, Listen to the lyrics of this, and I'd be so disappointed if you just introduce your kids to uh, Guns N' Roses to to listen to. Listen, motherfuckers, to the song that should be heard back then in the gutter is more than you deserve. Screaming fucking banshee. You know, that's what you are. Pussy (sighs) full of maggots. Isn't that absurd? Jesus Christ. Dizzy little dreamer with your head down in the stars. Fucking little schemer. Got your got yourself inside the art. Syphilitic priestess, baby. I know that's what you are. Parasitic demon, sucking acid for your heart. Stupid.
0: It's just stupid. It's, it's This
1: is this is Welcome to My World Part Two. Yeah. Welcome
0: to my World. When, welcome when they, to my, wor- welcome they, my world. Welcome to my world. When
1: they tried to do an electronic version of Megadeth and yeah. uh, it was sucked then. Uh so Slash says him and McKagan and Rose are writing together again. So I have no idea why they released this to quote Al and Sonic Abortion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I don't like it, but at the same time. Just I'm weirdly warming to it every time I listen to a new bit of it. But now the more I think about th- those lyrics, I'm back down to hate it again. So fuck it. No. It's yeah. It's, the next one. That's it's not for
0: me. I mean, uh, next one again is another big, giant, famous band. Uh, I think most of these are. Um, there's won't be much point in doing it if they weren't. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's a, here's a band
1: you've never heard. <laughs>
0: doesn't that sound like the other song you've never heard by that it's band? Like, this band only brought out a demo, right? And this is the band before the demo. Um. So yeah, this is. This is a weird one. This is an album that uh, a song off an album that I'm not going to lie to you, I completely forgot existed, uh, absolutely forgot existed, and I I was going through a lot of uh kind of research notes and stuff like that, and I was like oh, maybe I just pick something off this and see how different it is because I know they tried to do something different. And I just found the most different thing on the most different album.
1: Yeah, you know what? When I was looking at this band, I thought, I don't have the time to pick out the Mad Song.
0: And yeah. you did, so I'm glad. Yeah. Um. So ha- have a listen to this joke here. This is This is not terrible. It's just, it's not by any means what you associate with this band. pulling out early right i'm pulling out early it's uh, better because sometimes you, you want to if it goes on too long people might get it well not even it, they won't, it, they won't it, get that though they're not getting that right um I, I, i'm pulling out early because i have a natural disdain for songs called it's all right okay yeah every even band a, in the world even, has a song even, uh, super, says, for,
1: super
0: animals super grass super grass. Uh, and that's that's not oh, a good song either uh, i'm sick of it but it's better than this <laughs> this all right song. I, I, you know all I can't steal can, yeah. I, can
1: I tell you what yeah. I think it sounds like? Well, I think it sounds like a George Harrison style project. Almost certainly. Tra- um, Travelling Wilburys, maybe with him, with him like getting uh, Paul McCartney
0: in on possible guest vocals, but it's still yeah. the two of them singing together. I can tell you that this came out in 1976, and the band, who are known for a very, very particular style, and in fact invented a style, it could be said, um, I pretty much gave it away there, but... Um, they felt like they were being left behind by, like, kind of glam rock and pop rock and even punk that was burgeoning and stuff like that. So they were like, we have to we have to make an album sound like Foreigner or Queen or something, you know? Um, And that was kind of the brief. That was the brief, is that we were like, let's do, like, a Foreigner-esque record and see if we can, you know, carry on, back up the charts <laughs> type of thing. When, in reality, they were known for sounding like this. <laughs> quite enough of that I never need to hear that song ever again but um, <laughs> uh, yeah so that's obviously Black Sabbath uh, and it's off the it's a song called It's All Right as we said off an album called Technical Ecstasy from 1976 and it was Tony, Tony Iommi that, that produced it and apparently he produced it because uh, no one else wanted it they were having fights with producers rowing with them all the time and uh, they rented some studio and like played Malibu or something to try and just let's, let's chill out a bit, lads. You know, let's see what we can do musically. And that one, it was meant to be like band produced, and the rest of them just ended up going off, getting drunk, doing drugs, and sitting on the beach. And so Tony was left there. Yeah, don't the ever band. leave one member of the band to do the album, don't especially a member that only has nine and a half fingers. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not able. You know what I mean? He's, 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 he's got. <laughs> He had a problems with all the fucking keys and knobs and all, so he was he, his aim was to sound like Foreigner and Queen. That was that he said that himself. He's like, you know, we're kind of you know heavy metals everywhere now. You know, let's let's try and do something different. So Bill Ward, the drummer, stepped in. He's like, I have this song, lads, called uh, "It's All Right," and uh, I think from what I can make of reading notes and all, Tony Iommi was like, whatever, man. Like, will you sing it? And he went, uh, all right, yeah, Kind of, let me talk to Ozzy. So he played the song to Ozzy. And Ozzy went, yeah, you sing it. <laughs> Off you go. So he went in and sang it. And uh, so Ozzy kind of gets to go, hands up. Because apparently Ozzy at this stage was like, I think I'm going to do my own thing. Like he was already getting Blizzard of Oz t-shirts printed up and, you know, putting stuff together for his, for his own group. So he really didn't give a shit anymore. And Iomi was like, "We just ha- just just make a fucking album. Let's just make an album." And the lads don't give a shit, so I'll get to do whatever I want. So you end up with this technical ecstasy album, which is like the least, probably the least loved uh, Black Sabbath album with the original lineup. You know, no one talks yeah. about it. They uh, like rarely play it and offer. It. It's it's not good. You know what I mean? It's it's a real completist album. If you're if you're a record collector or whatever, you'd probably have to have it. But you're probably never going to list. It's going to sit there with the cellophane on it forever. Let's put it that way. You know? Yeah. Uh, and like, uh, again, like, but six years between Paranoid, 1970 to this is a massive jump in style. A massive jump in style. And you couldn't tell that was Black Sabbath. A, because Bill Ward is singing it and B, it's, yeah. I mean, we got some slower, we got like changes and stuff like that. You know, we got some slower Sabbath stuff but it was kind of dark and a little bit grim as well, you know. Like changes sounds kind of grim, and it's it's kind of spooky and it's haunting. Yeah, this it's, isn't. It's one
1: of those, It's one of. It's one of those songs that if, if you're going to release a ballad, make it as poignant as changes. That exactly. The fans go that the fans go. Oh shit! I can't. De- I can't dislike this. This is actually they're doing. They're doing something I didn't want them to do, but they're
0: doing it so well. But they're, they're doing like. it so well. Exactly. Now this song, it's alright. It was actually covered by Guns and Roses. Um. Really? They used to play it live. Yeah, it's, it's on uh, one or two. What's the big? There's a big uh, Guns and Roses live album. It's called like 1984 to 1991 or something like that. And it's like a kind of, kind of a compendium of uh, collections of live performances on like a double, a double album they released. And uh, th- that's on there as well, them covering this song. They love this song. Now, right. that sounds more like a Guns N' Roses song than a Black Sabbath song to me. So that kind of works. I'm with it. You know, I'm with it. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, Black Sabbath, but it's all right. It shouldn't really be a Black Sabbath song, but you know what it was. The lads were in trouble and they had to do something god help them uh who was your next one
1: <laughs> my next one is um well i suppose we'll just play it off the bat and see if people can guess what it is yes yeah, see how uh, they while, it's, while it while it's playing exactly
2: Her, and you lose her as a friend. She's mom on whom you can always depend. She washed and fell again for nearly 20 years.
1: And you might have known this before. Uh, I, oh, I would have on, yeah
0: yeah yeah because i think you're a fan of the album i am um so is it the who is it is it the who or is it phil collins
1: if it, was, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be <laughs> if, if, it, if it was the who it wouldn't be on this because that sounded a little bit like it could be phil collins it could be phil collins singing an early genesis song yeah, yeah. it could be emerson lake and palmer or Supertramp yeah. before they went kind of more poppy or is it slade we know we talked about slade earlier slade yeah it, has a gla- it definitely has a glam tone to it yeah, they had a different sound before uh, singing Xmas songs. Mm. And then they did have uh, like a, s- a stage that was like this as well. Deep Purple before they turned to a more yeah. classical yeah. sound. Uh,
0: kind of book, books of uh, Talizian style, Deep Purple, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah, true. On the record, the band said, included the comment, and nobody played synthesizer again on the sleeve because... Some people mistook their Laird vocal style for synths. And that really, really annoyed the band. Because ah. it's, a doing it. uh, it's a heavy kind of album altogether. Uh, Axl Rose, Billy Corgan, Rob Halford. It's their favorite album by this band.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: hated and loved in equal amounts by their fans over the years. The singer of this song, much like your last one, yeah. wasn't the main singer. So. Nope. Well, he was the drummer. It was. So let's play. Let's play the uh, the band in their normal form
0: in their in their natural habitat
1: yeah yeah
2: is this the real life is this just fantasy caught in a landslide no escape from reality open your eyes look up to the skies and see
0: Listen, you just get it. It's Queen. <laughs> if, like, if if any song's getting this getting this tagged on, it, it's oh god, yes, yeah, <laughs> shit. We got away with the first one, not this yeah, one, exactly.
1: <laughs> so uh, that was the voice of Rogers Meadows Taylor, Rogers Roger Meadows Taylor, as he is credited on that album, because uh, the song you just heard is a rare example, obviously, of Queen without Freddie Mercury on yeah. lead vocals, and it is the side one closing track from Queen's. 1940, 1974 sophomore album Queen Two, mm. um, which is one of those mad albums that, like, a bit like, uh, not really like with sympathy, but one of those ones that, like, a lot of Queen fans will go, I'm not going anywhere near that. It's too mad. It's yeah. overboard. It's not what they sound like afterwards. But it was the start of what they were going to sound like. Oh, well, not 100%. that song. Not that yeah. song. Maybe seventies or right and stuff yeah. like that. it was they wanted to go from the first album straight in. They wanted to push as much as they could they even all admit they went way overboard with the production and the ideas that, that it became a bit patchy um here's a little fact about: it's not much, much point talking about queen let's not do that yes yeah. point queen we're already in trouble now <laughs> we, in addition to yeah. in addition to his work as a drummer with queen he's also known for his falsetto vocal range that's why yeah. i want to point out that that's quite a powerful voice for that yeah. song loser in the end in the end it's it's not a bad song it's not the best song on the album it's not the best it's fine it's I'm, fine yeah. i'm not a mad big queen fan so there's no yeah. point in listening to me either way he sometimes played keyboard guitars and bass on his own songs and uh yeah they queen were all table. a bit
0: like that they were all very fucking multi-instrumentally oh, yeah, like they all they're all equally wrote the songs as well yeah exactly they they, they beat it up by the end anyway at the start and then at the end they start divvying it all up kind of equal yeah. measures but i so know there was, there was I a bit of grief really, in the middle
1: there so would be, be a lot of people that listen to podcasts and know straight away I know it's because It's uh, Queen it's one of the biggest
0: fucking bands of the world however it's a deep album cut and uh, yeah. I mean sometimes you do get a band trying to experiment but like on a second album I always find like I I, I, I kind of always think that a band who kind of get known for a sound should roughly stick in that range for, for a couple of albums like get your let your roots grow and then start fucking around but these lads like like you said, from the second one, we're like, no, nah, man, we have keep going, like keep going. Let's let's go full you. let's go yeah. full you. and uh, they wanted
1: yeah. to go into the future. They wanted to go straight there. They want to get not release a, a, an album that sounds like it's gonna be dated. They want to go straight there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I like don't know it how I feel. except so they they wrote a song for twenty years later and then released twenty years later, <laughs> and only for it to sound like it should never have existed. Let alone twenty a, years. A time uh, capsule
0: with digital lock on it. Yeah,
1: that was uh, listen. That was Queen. Yeah, um, in the end, sung by Roger Taylor. It's not a bad song. It's, it's, it's an interesting album as well. Some mm. some songs I would prefer over their uh, lighter, cheesier stuff. Who's your next one?
0: My next one, not a hope in fucking hell. Anyone, on earth, anyone on earth could recognize. There's just no way. There's probably about sixteen people on earth that would there is, know.
1: There is people who will
0: say. Yeah, I know it, and they are lawyers. They're lawyers, right? Because this is so fucking mad that it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, this sounds like someone's shitty attempt at doing like kind of a LA punk party song, like a TV party by Black Flag or something like that, you know, or Circle Jerks or something. It has that kind of garbage? Um, car plan pour moi Type of feel to it yeah. And um, Let's just play it Right And uh, Listen Be honest with us If you know this song And you know who it was by Then Like put your hand up You know Because you'll get some sort of award I'm sure You'll you, Listen You'll get a reward in heaven Goodbye. Now I'm gonna tell you, I fucking love that song, right? That is perfectly fun garbage, and I'm all over it. I'm a oh, big you know what fan that sounds, of garbage. Like to me, yeah? if
1: if Black Sabbath went on Sesame Street. <laughs>
0: Pretty much. It has like a Yo Gabba Gabba feel to it, right? Yeah. Where like, they used to bring in, uh, if anybody ever watched Yo Gabba Gabba, it's like a kid's TV show from like 10, 15 years ago where they had these like giant puppets, almost like uh, Henderson-esque, uh, like I said, Sesame Street style puppets, people wearing suits. And the main guy was a DJ, DJ who'd play songs and they'd bring in guest bands. So they'd bring in like rocker from the Crypt and they'd write a song especially for Yo Gabba Gabba. And it would be like that. You know a song called like he makes the pizzas or something some kind of garbagey kids song like i, I think that's great fun but this is what this band actually sound like <laughs> That's right. It's the fucking village people. Right. Uh I don't know how they got there. I'm not going to you. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> it makes
1: me want to listen to their entire discography. Yeah.
0: So th- th- that song's called Food Fight. It came out uh, in 1981 off an album called Renaissance. Renaissance only has eight songs on it. It's a full album. It's only got eight songs. They're all like two three minutes long. Um, Basically, they had changed record labels, and uh, or they they got dropped from the record label after like a couple of years of everything after YMCA and and a couple of other songs had done a little bit of business, but nothing major. They got dropped, and they ended up getting signed to like RCA Records, and RCA Records in 1981 were like, "I think like we just rebrand you, like let's rebrand you like with what's cool right now." And they were like, "Well, what's cool right now?" And they were like, "Well, several things." So. Uh, one of you's can be like a new romantic. One of you's can be a goth. One of you's can be a punk rocker. And uh, you know. Uh, so if you look at the album cover. It literally has like all the village people. Dressed up in like different outfits. From like subcultures. In America at the time. So the whole album. Has like. It has kind of new romantic songs. Synthwave songs. It has that kind of punk. Uh, Los Angeles style punk thing. Like it's. Fucking mental! It's absolutely batshit mad. Now the band, they think were are more into it. They were like, "This is cool," you know what I mean? I'd say so. like, it's slow. Like, like it's something different. Exactly. Like their Renaissance album is is kind of looked at as a uh, weird. There's the dog going mad. The, rena- the, rena- the dog is doing better, by the way. Um, that, that's the tour. Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, because it was <laughs> taking a while. We were was, all worried there for a long there was, while. There was radio silence there for a couple of weeks. Half poor El Puca. And there could have been radio silence forever more unfortunately but um so renaissance done it done a little bit of business but the band were kind of into it now that song food fight is people still talk about food fight they're like oh my god like food fight is really fun and really cool and we didn't expect that so like in village people circles if there is such a thing in in real life food Fight" still talked about with like much kind of enamor um so there's still talk to saying that like if village people had kept this style up if they had kept up that kind of la punky kind of type of thing they might have went forward as like the world's greatest fake punk band you know uh definitely mm. could have sold more records doing that style of music because the disco era at this day is 1981 disco's kind of starting to fade out um the kind of they'd, co- they'd, have, to get, they'd have
1: to get like they'd have to get like picked up by uh what you call it? Like maybe go on tour with the Ramones if the Ramones. Something like that.
0: Have
1: them. Yeah, and then but it
0: could it could actually work for a bit of crack. One hundred percent. If they were taken on as like the fun kind of punk rock garbage band, one hundred percent could have worked but without a shadow of it. doubt. could have worked. Anyway, that was the uh, Village People "Food Fight" from nineteen eighty one. Like YMCA was uh, nineteen seventy eight. So three years in the difference between their biggest song and uh, what I think is their best <laughs> song "Food Fight." Uh, who is your next one? My next one is
1: a song that sounds like it's gonna be played by you right now. Yeah, Will be. I, I think. I'm a clone. I know and I'm fine. I'm running more of the way. I'm too doctor.
2: another day. I'm all alone so are we all. We're all clones all the one and one are all, all are one and one are all. We destroy the government. We're destroying time. No more problems on the way. I'm true, Doctor
0: I like that. It's
1: it's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song.
0: It's one hundred percent. Someone listened to Gary Newman went, "I'll do that." It's the most Gary Newman song that's not Gary Newman ever. It's not Gary
1: it. Newman. Yeah, it's absolutely mad. This track is from nineteen eighty, so there's no doubt this person heard or this band will say, "Let's pretend mm. for the moment." I'm not talking about one person. <laughs> Our friends Electric and anything by Gary Newman would, has his very own style that makes room for the keyboard riff. Yes, and and you have to have a savage keyboard riff to do yeah, that. Exactly. I. These Gary Newman songs sound like they're easy to write. Fucking no. No, no. Because like no. like you
0: said, finding space for that keyboard hook alongside like a nice guitar hook that can play off each I, other. I think
1: I think that they are written first, and then he will just sing around them
0: oh yeah almost certainly
1: so so uh, this was produced by Roy Thomas Baker known for his work with Queen and the Cars Mm. uh, during their kind of 80s period Um, a lot of artists couldn't resist the lure to electronic music we did an episode of the podcast on this before but it was mostly based in 90s uh, do the robot? I think we called it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah. uh, but when but most of it was around when '90s bands found electronic uh, stuff and using Pro Tools to create yeah. loops it was much easier for them because they were in an environment that they already knew. Um, but it also happened a lot in the late '70s and '80s when synth pop was big and new wave was made cheaply mm. uh, on on kind of cheaper instruments because yeah. of the electronics coming from Japan. Like film, so
2: films
0: people. being made on VHS.
1: Yeah, well, like it's it's mad, like because this new wave was at the top of the charts hmm. so we're trying to figure out who that could be with that doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo-doo, and a very calm and relaxed voice give it a you know what i have to say they didn't do too badly with that song
0: it's a good song
1: it's good and it was a few years before the next song we were to play which is what we would know them for
2: yep yeah Did you know that I wanted to be Gary Lewis? I wanted to to be Gary.
1: Oh my god, this bit's so good!
0: There's a keyboard bit at the start of that, that chorus that's fucking wonderful. And it's just it's... hidden in the back of the mix. And it gets taken over by the female vocalists in the background and the second half of the chorus. And, oh, God. Oh, I, I God. think
1: that song is, is far better than like the idea of that song. Like, yeah. The idea of that song <laughs> yeah. is great. As you, well, you remember it in the back of your head. But they, it's one of those ones you go, listen to it again. It's like watching fucking Blade Runner. You always remember it was a good film. But then you yeah, go actually you went, watch it. You're like,
2: oh, my God.
0: how did they do it?
1: You forgot about little bits. Ah, stop.
0: It's, it's just so like good. You, it's, it's you know. It's why I let it play for longer. Yeah, classic <laughs> example
1: of taking a song for granted. Yeah, you forget you...
0: it's there. Like at that and yeah. feed my Frankenstein. Like he has so many killers. And yeah, well, people people come to me all the time when I was DJing, going, "Ah, oh, closer you
1: must be sick of that. Yeah, uh, killing the names, sick of that, playing poison. You must be definitely sick of that." No, no how no. dare you take that
0: back? No, you can't, that run back. I can't run out of steam. <laughs> it can't run out of steam, and it actually has a riff in there that's related to my next band as well that we'll talk we'll talk about in a few minutes. And uh, there's a riff there yeah. at about forty five seconds that is just doesn't make any sense. But well, this um. This is whatever they're jumping on the new wave bandwagon.
1: Yes, uh, it just is, and they do it so well. This was written by the late guitarist vocalist uh, David Carran for, for Alice Cooper. Yeah, um, Smash and Pumpkins covered this on really? B side to uh with Butterfly Wings," and it's on wow. Airplane Fly, fly High as well. Um, the song is about forced conformity. Where he uh, he said he wanted to do the song because he's looking for a new sound. I think he was always looking for an, like he he's probably like a little bit later than everything else, but. Mm. Alice Cooper just seems like the mouse crack, like a great lad.
0: Yeah, because like there's there's so many different iterations of Alice Cooper. I know. Well. And I
1: don't know if he I don't know if he ever pushed the boundaries. He did. He did initially when he was doing oh, yeah, at the start, one hundred percent. Yeah, at the start yeah. he was pushing mad boundaries. Yeah. But then after that, like he was just he whenever he turned his hand to musically, it was pretty decent. I remember oh, yeah. going to, going to a gig. Uh, he was playing. I think he was supporting Def Leppard, and uh, he came out and goes I'm going to do a new song and I was like oh, uh, and it was good yeah and then he went I'm going to do another song and it was also good it wasn't like amazing yeah. but it was like at a gig gigs uh like magnify the the goodness of a song like yes. you, when you hear it live it could be it could be okay on record yeah. but when you hear them playing it live and they're excited about it and they're putting full on wrist action yeah. into the bass kit and they're hitting and they actually enjoy playing this new song it definitely it,
0: elevates yeah, Elevates things so When you can tell so
1: The Cooper into it He can still write, No, I haven't heard His last two albums now But uh, he can still I presume Have Get or have A good song written from Oh, well. um, And knows a good song Knows, knows mm. what to do with it um, And he can still hear Alice Cooper coming through In a song Once you know it's him When yes. you go back and listen, you can kind of get it. This is a raspiness raspiness of the vocals and the fact that it's a heavier yeah, guitar yeah, than ever yeah. would have been in, in Gary Newman. Yes. Jordan.
0: Well, not now, actually. Now, now, now yeah. Now Gary Newman's so basically much. knowing his nails too. But.
1: <laughs> so that was taken from his fifth album. Fifth? So it's actually you know, 80, Flush to Fashion, which uh, has song titles where most of them are taken from newspaper headlines uh, that, 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 as, as he was writing it. So that's that's uh, the that, Bowie
0: but, style of writing uh, yeah, songs. He used to chop up newspapers, yeah? You know?
1: I need to, to start doing that. Yeah, but that's... I'm that's... the arse writing lyrics. I oh, it then, is, if, yeah. you, if you write something mad and it's like, uh, I'm a lad, uh, my mosquito, my libido, people are like, Genius. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not that's saying that's not genius. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it could also be made up. Exactly from a newspaper. Yeah, <laughs> or get manatees to write your songs, like, uh, like in South Park. And <laughs> um, that was that was Alice Cooper with a uh, clones. We're all the mm-hmm. new wave uh, attempt, which I actually really like. I think you like it as well. Yes, it's a very good song from 1980. Who's your next one?
0: My next one. My next one is really weird and mad. And the song I'm going to play after it, which is their most popular song, is actually on the same album, which is, again, we've got, we've got okay. some weirdness going on. We've got their most famous song that they're known for uh, and this absolute batshit mad thing that's on the same album. Um, now, their most famous song is kind uh, of in keeping with the rest of their big hits as well. It wouldn't be, be a million miles away. Uh, I'm going to play the first one. I'm going to play the mad one for you now. And again, I highly doubt... Much like uh, Village People, I highly doubt anybody could finger this as as the band. Unless they are purists. I know a few lads that would finger it no matter what. Really? (laughs) Right, here we go. So you're getting kind of Zappa you know and Beef Harp vibes off that a I, good bit.
1: I think, you, I think you've picked brilliant songs, but that's the most of all the songs we've played. It's pure batshit. Re- removed from the original yeah, of, of any of our songs. That's, the, that's the one that, if, if you didn't know, you would probably never get.
0: No, it's it's too mad. Like I said, it has a Zappa feel to it. When Zappa was going batshit, it has a bit of a Beef Harp vibe to it. It doesn't make any sense. Musically, it doesn't make any sense because it's not even really a song. Let's let's say that, right? Um, Like... It's on an album, but is it's it a song? V30, yeah. yeah, it's it's not really. But like, this is what they're known for. <laughs> Tell me that riff isn't the the verse riff for uh, "Poison" by Alice Cooper as well. Right, everyone knows that song. There's another song that gets fucking flagged on the internet. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's The First Police. Uh, yeah, that, that that Every Breath of Take riff is very, very close to the verse, plucky guitar bit of um of, of, of Poison by Alice Cooper as well. But I only found out today that they used a sponge on a guitar to make it sound like that. It's not palm-muted. That brum, 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 brum. They chopped up really? a bit of a sponge and stuck it underneath the, the saddle of the guitar, so pressed against the strings and just played it. That's um, mad. which is mentally yeah, they, they, I think they tried uh, palm muting it but every now and again they get a bit of buzz or something like that and the producers had yeah. like I have an idea and he just went into the kitchen and got an old bit of uh, sponge from the sink the
1: amount, the amount of times the producer will come out with an idea like that and create something absolutely yeah
0: one, one of a kind um, so both of those songs are off the same album Synchronicity 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 <laughs> a tough word to be fair Synchronicity yeah, that's one of the words that sounds grand in my head. We've talked about this before, but it doesn't come out in my mouth, right? Synchronicity. The information
1: doesn't get... Doesn't get I yeah. feel like there's an extra IC in proper. there,
0: and there's not. Synchronicity from 1983 was their fifth and final album, which uh, saw the police kind of moving away from their kind of reggae roots, thank God, and uh, more into kind of synthy sounds and more of a modern feel. They tried to create something new for themselves. Now, that song, um, Mother, it's called, was, uh, once again, a reoccurring uh, theme on this podcast, wasn't sang by Sting. Uh, It was sang by Andy Summers, uh, written by him as well. Uh, (coughs) Who's the guitarist in the police. So, apparently what had happened, by the fifth album, by, by the time this album was coming out, Sting had essentially just taken all control over the band he's like i write all the fucking songs i sing all the songs i produce all the songs i do all this shit and the band were kind mad, of mad sound,
1: loud, but mad sound loud by all accounts yeah. by <laughs> all accounts
0: yeah um if you're if you into getting fucking ridden for hours and um <laughs> <laughs> or reggae okay yeah, till your saddle is raw like um he yeah so the band in, in in a rare moment of kind of defiance um, Andy Summers came to him and said, I have this idea of a song, right? And I know the rest of the album is lovely and clean and it's kinda passive and it's you know, all your songs are great Sting. But I have this idea for a song called Mother. Can I play it for you? And Sting heard it and he loved it. He was like, That's fucking batshit mad. That's fucking pure mad. And it's about as far away from the fucking lovely reggae tones of fucking message in a bottle that we can get. So <laughs> let's uh, let's throw that on the album. Um, let's throw it on the album, Andy. And Andy's like, for real, you gonna sing it. And he's like, nah, me. It's a, uh, it's all you. Oh, you sing, mother. Yeah, set, set you up. Exactly. Set up. And uh, but I'll apparently, I'll throw, you, I'll throw you a bone, but I won't put my name to it. Oh, exactly. That that, that was him stepping in. I've done that in bands. We had a bassist years ago who wrote a song Oh, that was them. terrible. Yeah. And I was like, yo, why don't you sing it, man? I just play guitar. Like literally, I nearly, <laughs> I was nearly behind the drum kit playing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so Sting, Sting pulled at me. And he, he he just let uh, let let fucking Andy Summers have at it. Now, it's not it's not terrible. It, it's just a it's almost a piece of art as opposed to music. The riff is cool and it has that kind of Middle East snake charmer <laughs> kind of shit going on. It's cool. Um, but I think there's maybe two songs, um, two songs on that album that Sting wasn't entirely in control of, um. Which Do you know what? You eventually have to throw a
1: bone to your band if you're Sting, I suppose. And then or else will fuck make sure off. The, make sure the bone is not still attached anywhere to your hand oh, yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fire and forget. <laughs> and fucking next, the fucking Sting one is out, or whatever the fuck he wants to call it. Um, interesting fact as well, on this, this album, Synchronicity, I can say it now, um, once, <laughs> well it came, once it came out of my mouth once, um, once I choice correctly it's, it's now it's in there. Um it was released uh, on a thing called audiofoil vinyl, which is something I wanna I want to look into. Which is uh I've never heard of like I've heard of um heavyweight vinyl and, 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 and stuff like that, but there was a, a medium called audiofoil vinyl, which is made out of a different type of, of vinyl completely, which apparently when you held up to the light, uh was purple. It wasn't okay. black. Yeah, whatever way they made it, it sounds interesting. I need to look into it a little bit more because around this time you would have had, um, like the oil crisis. Which if you bought, if you bought a lot of records from from the early eighties to mid eighties, um, original presents, and you, you take them out, they feel like floppy because there was there was there was an, an oil crisis and they couldn't make enough like plastic to make records. So really? record weight went way down. Like they were they were nearly flexible. You know what I mean? But that's like, bad, right? That's real bad, um, because they just they, they just wasn't enough plastic being made in the world because of the oil crisis, and you can tell if you buy some records, you'll hold them up to the light and they look brown because they're just not thick enough. Oh wow. um, like they're not meant to be translucent, but they are. You know, um, not because, quite as
1: cool as uh, bone records, but exactly. Um, those ones from the Russian x ray The X-rays, yeah. Cool the, the
0: X-ray records are cool as fuck. Now there's people doing mm. replicas of those now as well. Uh, oh, that's
1: what's the point? That's the I wouldn't, but that's that's the point yeah, surely.
0: Which is crazy, I know. Um, I think there's a band that might have put one out with X-rays of their own body, which is that's, kind of a cool. It's little different concept. If you're putting it out
1: yourself, but if you're doing replicas of that, I
0: yeah. Well, it good. just sounds weird. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. So this audio foil, the vinyl, which was purple when held up the light, which is interesting. Like I said, something I want to look into. Um, every breath you take, or what's it called every breath I take, every breath you take. Yeah, uh, same mm. year, same album, biggest hit. Every breath until. one of us takes.
1: It doesn't matter who takes Whatever, it. Whatever, yeah.
0: Every breath Puff Daddy takes, um <laughs> every breath Biggie Doesn't Take uh is is what that song should be called. Every um, breath Biggie Doesn't Take is a dollar Puffy make Exactly. Is a new album. Is a new fucking it's record he can bread. pimp out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um that album actually Puff Daddy and the Family that, that song is off is worth fucking fortune on vinyl. And uh I have it. Somebody gave it to me for free one day. They were like, "Do you want this bag of shit?" And I was, I knew. I was like, y- "Yeah, was, I'll take it off your hands." I didn't yeah. even know that that's worth a fortune. It was like ninety six. Or, or yeah, it's worth a bomb. Uh, anyway, that is the police with mother, which is fucking full batshit mad after fifth and final album, uh, yeah. and uh, every breath you take. Who is your next one? Or your last one? Is it? This will be my last
1: one. Yeah. yeah. Um, this felt like this band wanted to be Queens of the Stone Age with a chart pop, uh, song. It's Mm. their attempt at garage rock. Give it a blame there and we'll have a listen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) fucking garbage it's terrible so it's yeah. terrible it's they one got, of the biggest they, bands in the world it got so bad for so long it, it got like... real
1: bad it, it got real bad and this is after one of their this is after their comeback yeah so
0: this became the first should have came back again like the where they were gone from <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: this is uh the first album since their debut that did not sell a hundred thousand copies mm. in its first week um this is if you have that song just played in your head there it's it's difficult to try and figure out who it is the voice may have possibly given it away so we'll was we'll cut straight into who it is and play their uh, uh, trademark song I suppose do I you know have the
2: time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything All I am one of those melodramatic bulls neurotic to the bone no it. sometimes i give myself the cream.
0: you don't need any more of that let's be honest um, oh, i don't even know if that's their trademark
1: song anymore oh, think for yeah. me it is well for, for yeah for months
0: yeah, of our age other than that's probably wake me up when september ends or something, something
1: like that. yeah <laughs> That's how that song should sound. Uh, yeah so this is uh, from cool. the album "Dos," the second album in their "Undos um, Trace" trilogy, which I have to say I have zero interest in. None. I even got their um, last
0: one. I got their last one for free a few weeks ago. I don't know. I don't even know what it's called. Is like, this the one that sounds like the Hives? Uh, yes
1: because they've a new one since
0: then they released yeah, two th- albums uh, two albums in one year there's right one with a unicorn in the front of it that I got for free off like Universal Records or something and uh, actually no I got it off Orin from Overdrive Um, right. got, got a few of them off Universal or whoever the fuck he's with and he was yeah, like do, want, do you want this bag of shoy? they gave me loads of them <laughs> they can't get rid of them and I was like fuck alright yeah shelf filler and it's still yeah. sealed like it'll stay sealed that's till a, the day I die that's a-
1: that's the kind of record i can't imagine anyone buying that i know because Mm-mm. you'd buy you'd buy so many of their albums i know people that would buy six of their albums oh, I, yeah. I could name those albums but new green day on get vinyl. the fuck out of here no
0: the,
1: the people just getting into records oh that's that's a tough sell that's Mm-mm. not gonna sell as many people short- getting into really-
0: records now weirdly enough um there's, there's some weird shit going on with records now where people are buying people are obsessed with like uh uh halsey and uh billy Eilish and taylor swift records and they're worth so much money it's disgraceful yeah, well,
1: i can understand that because people oh, yeah. that are sort of reading pitchfork and all they're they're buying those albums as well oh, yeah, happy, level, yeah. relevant yeah actually a yeah, funny interesting thing about this uh fact about this record on vinyl is the song drama queen from the third album appears um instead of stray heart on this album on the record Due to it being printed before the tracks were switched at the last minute, ah, uh, so straight heart never
0: might have been a re-record because they'd done that with Welcome to Paradise. The so, yeah, like, the song, that's off no, an the, older the, album.
1: The song Stray Heart never saw the light of day. So by the time they were doing the third album, the switch had been made, but it never, the other one never got switched back onto the album. Weird. So to speak so so the song uh Drama Queen, yeah. Uh, sorry, which English is probably shy anyway. So now appears, we don't miss it. it. Yeah, it appears on both of the albums, Dose and Trace. Weird. This, this song, uh, Nightlife, features someone called Lady Cobra, who also is the name of the. Last song because they were so inspired by her. This sounds a little bit like uh, Gwen Stefani and the Harajuku girls yeah. all over again. Yeah. Uh, so she is a, a songwriter, rapper, and tattoo artist who was the lead vocalist of the band Mystic Knights of Cobra, who are still not going anymore. Still not going <laughs> anymore. How does that?
0: How does that work? Good.
1: <clears throat> Sorry, what I meant to say was she's still a tattoo artist. She became a tattoo artist after this song. Oh fuck! Uh, inspired, inspired her to become a, a tattoo what? artist. What? What the fuck uh, is going on uh, in Green Day? She, she, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Lady Cobra came along and they were like amazing. Do you know what the gas thing is right? They released Undos trays, right? Yeah. Like w- one of their faces on the uh, you know the three members yeah, of the yeah. Cobra. Looking four members of Green Day.
2: Yeah. I know that that
1: there's lad, really three. But I know this lad Jason White or whatever dude, the guitarist is never going to get his own face no, on it. No. Like, there's
0: no quatra. Or that dude. You know, um. There's some, what's in my head about that fucking dude? that, that, that fuck fort member of Green Day um has, has been in contact with us over something. Um, this podcast now after we played yeah. that song. Well not right now. <laughs> uh, in the past. It's something to do with something something in, in my brain says that I have a means of communication with him and I never followed it up because he's the Fort member of Green Day. Um <laughs> something like that. I can't remember. It should have it
1: was probably for the
0: podcast, was it an extra <laughs> an, uh, <laughs> i I I for the life of me I can't remember. Counted, something right. in my head yeah listen I uh, love Green Day some, some I, their, yeah
1: no me too some of their stuff from last year almost made it onto this podcast because they have a song uh, like fucking I can't remember the name of it and
0: uh, is it one of those actually, you know know Swedish garage it's, songs is it
1: it really sounds like the Hives, and it even yeah, yeah. does they loved it. The, it. even does the chord changes and so they went back to try and do more garage uh, rock <sighs> but the guess thing is I'm not being bad right Green Day should like Guns N' Roses should be able to write a garage rock banger
2: why, in theory can
1: in theory you're right the juice has left somebody. it's gone they
0: they, can't, they've they dried can't. up they're prunes now they live in big fucking mansions with pools and they have fucking 17 kids uh, apparently Billy Joe Armstrong has a tiny dick as well <laughs> right Shit. I swear to god there used to be this website used to be this website called fucking um, uh, uh, fucking uh, com or something like that and it was reviewers women who were riding fellas in bands would put up reviewers of what the ride was like and if like it was a bad ride or they mistreated them to warn off other groupies I remember going on to it once for the crack and one of the like star reviews of some board who wrote Billy Joe Armstrong years is ago is it
1: like the yelp of riding
0: yeah for riding ba- lads and bands and uh I'm sure there's like girls and bands section now, but back then there was only lads and bands section. And it was it was it was uh female groupies who would like follow bands around who were riding them all the time and they put up like anonymous reviews and stuff. But the famous review on it was like Billy Joe Armstrong's fucking two and a half inch pecker and uh, apparently smelly and all this kind of stuff. I remember that and laughing. <laughs> um it's a fact for you i
2: would
0: read that i would read that
1: site now just sit there scrolling I'd read, through I'd, reviews I'd read that site while i'm listening to village people's greatest exactly. hits or, or best, <laughs> sorry back catalog the rare albums that never get talked to. <laughs> just for one of those days what did you do today oh, it doesn't matter. well i
0: Well, i could tell you how good trent reznor is
1: in the cot like um, am... and, and and what uh when when uh village people tried to do electroclash exactly crash, yeah electroclash uh mixed with <laughs>
0: Yeah. But yeah, I love I love Green Day. Of first, I love yeah, like Out, Slappy Hours. I love Kerplunk. Um, I love Dookie. And my favorite album is Insomniac. And uh, after that, I kind of like there's a few good songs after that. but It kind of left me They start getting into the stadium pop rock kind of mode, and oh, it wasn't it's, it's really dip- for me.
1: It's- Dookie not their debut,
0: right? No, 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 no. Dookie oh, was I like think the I made third a album. Earlier, so I think when I read the, the debut, I
1: might have said that.
0: Uh, the first album was, uh, uh, I think it was called uh, smooth, smooth Out Slappy Hours, which is like a compilation oh, of a sorry, couple of yeah, EPs They made it to an this... album. and then They had an album called Kerplunk and then they brought out uh, Dookie.
1: Right, so what I think earlier what I was getting to, I think I was was reading it wrong, is the first album they released since Dookie that didn't sell 100,000 copies. Yeah, the 40, ones before so I wouldn't that,
0: have done numbers at all. So,
1: in, interesting to see. this, And this was after, this was about three albums after
0: uh, the comeback American Idiots. So,
1: yeah. they they'd had... They, big big upswing then big downswing yeah. American
0: Idiot wasn't a terrible album like it wasn't no in comparison to what they've done after yeah you know, it was alright it was okay you know
1: like if you think about it you know what it reminds me of the punk version of Supernatural Boy Santana yeah. like you know you know that it's not bad but yeah. it's and you know it's got like monstrously big songs on it has been <sighs> 10 singles 10 singles from that yeah. album or something and but that was the last
0: time still- they properly attempted doing kind of punk if you get in a way, it did their own green Day version of that was their last.
1: yeah that was their last swing of the getting the kids on board, yeah exactly exactly, With the you know, you with know, the, last the last jump
0: around the stage album let's let's call it that
1: <laughs> um when they when they do the things where they fall on purpose.
0: yeah, oh, but that so weird,
1: yeah it <laughs> no, was, was you telling me that that they went to see Green Day twice in Ireland and he did a thing where he tripped over the cable and once he yeah, goes, yeah, yes, yeah. fell over and he did the same like pretend fall oh yeah like that
0: wild, wild man drunk on stage yeah yeah apparently they have uh, schools where they practice that shit and everything like yeah I know anyway. it's, it's a horror show anyway who's your last one my last one I was about to say is I was about to say it. um, my next one is just the opposite end of the spectrum completely from what the band are? It doesn't make any sense. Let me let me play this. This is really really good. I really like this. Right.
2: Hush, my baby, don't cry tonight. My ears are sick of that sound. I've been searching for someone. Like you're all that I've found I've been up I've been down Got a man in every port and every town I've got nothing For toys and playthings
0: Alright, so it's, really, nice. it's yeah. really cool, you know, it has a fucking uh, loungy kind of sound to it Um, you could be mistaken for thinking it's kind of porter's heady, but there's no electronic stuff going on there it's just because it has that double bass and it has a female singer and all this kind of shit Um, this is what this band are It's eh uh, Wow, that was Guar, Yeah, um, and play play a touch of that other song again yeah, for a second. Uh, it's, it's it's crazy. Let me just throw it in here.
1: Okay, I've got the word. I've got mm. the word. I'm thinking of Guarta's head. Oh, uh, that's mad. Oh, it's you crazy. See where it, it, like I would never have got it but it also doesn't surprise me do you know that way yeah. they, could, they
0: were so talented they could do whatever they wanted oh, the, everyone in that band uh, in it's roving line up over the years it's incredibly good so that song's called Don't Need a Man it's off Carnival of Chaos uh, from 1997 it was their sixth album it's sang by Daniel Stamp aka Slymenstra Hyman uh, who done backup vocals for the band and also controlled all their fire and pyrotechnics and stuff like that as well mm-hmm. um, the band don't like this album they do not like this album whatsoever. They don't play anything off the album um, for, for... Right,
1: well, look, like,
0: th- it's weird, because it, like, it presumably is tongue-in-cheek, the whole thing. Uh, kind of. Now, th- the song itself was written by uh, Michael Derez, I think his name is, a.k.a. Balsack, the Jaws of Death, who's the rhythm guitarist. It's the guy who wears, like, a big fucking... kind of ball and chain with teeth mask oh, yeah, type yeah, of yeah. thing. And... Um, like, it's a jazzy kind of classical dark song. I mean, it's it's not a, a million miles away from the, the Guar maybe, theme. Because Guar never really sounded like what they looked like. You know what I mean? You can even tell that. That's more of a municipal waste kind of trash, kind of yeah. garbage metal kind of sound is what kind of guar had. But they jumped around a little bit as well. But, like, obviously, that is that's a whole different animal altogether. Their, their drummer played on it as well, I think. Um, the rest of the band weren't really... It's the last song of the album. It's also probably the most famous song on the album. The rest of the album is kinda of yeah. forgettable. Um so fans talk about it, like, this is really cool. Like it's and it's one of those things where um a lot of Gwar fans would obviously know that song and it would be like, Okay, well here's Gwar and we'll play like that song, uh, Sick of You of Scum Dogs of the Universe, which is the most popular song. And they play yeah. uh, Don't Need a Man Afterwards because they're mad, aren't they? But yes, yeah, um uh, Danielle left the band for a couple of years, went off, started a couple of companies, They ended up coming back doing reunion tours and shows like that. So she's still kind of palling around. Now, I, I, I'm not totally sure what the situation is with Guar after after losing the singer. You know, I think they still do gigs and they bring people in. They replaced him with, um, I think, a female lead. Um, And then I think they might have another dude as well that jumps in and out. I'm not entirely totally sure. Gwar, i where I was there for me, and I had a couple of albums as a kid but I never I don't I don't think I was, it was st- stupid enough to be a guar fan.
1: It was one of those uh bands that I got one or two albums of but then like I couldn't uh I, I was so like it took me so long to get through the album like Ragnarok is not that hard yeah. to get through yeah. but when I, when I finished I went I can't just do another Gwar album straight after this Mm-mm. so I went away and found something else but never came back to it you but then, to
0: drip feed yourself Gwar yeah, yeah like, they
1: have so many great songs though
0: yeah like there's lo- loads of great stuff there but this is uh, this is really really fucking out there like I would personally rather listen to an album of that stuff than probably a Gwar album at this stage in my life in me life, in me life. right now come I on. would right now I would as a forty-year-old fucking stupid bastard, Jesus! I think who falls, I, off,
1: I, who falls off a scooter and eats corn sauce? I, corn sauce uh, are gonna die. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I didn't I, No, I didn't fall off the scooter. I took the saddle off the scooter, and uh, when I stopped at the lights, I kind of put my leg wrong, and I basically stabbed myself about eight times with a sharp piece of steel. So it looks like I was in a fight with a shark.
1: <laughs> f- f- fool yourself once, you know. You?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I, in anger, I took the tailgate out, and I took. Like everything off that scooter that can hurt me now, um, except for the road. I need the road. Um, <laughs> he took he took the <laughs> lights off. He took the flashing things on the back. Don't need them. I, I I taped. It has this LED light under it. That's just the most stupid fucking thing you've ever seen, and it flashes under and it's, it. Under it, it's it's embarrassing. So, I got a lot of duct tape up and I covered up all those LED lights. Uh, looks like you're floating around well, on, you a, just, on a crap you drone. Should
1: just try and disconnect it because it's going ca- to
0: the it drain the battery. You have to open it up. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, I was looking I, at stuff keep the keep them night. on
1: for safety now. Do you have no. something for safety? I have loads of lights
0: on it. Grant, Grant, Grant. It has plenty of lights. It even has indicators and all. It's mad yoke But uh, yeah. I, the, the, these flashy LED, like RGB lights that like, cycle between uh, like red, green, and blue and all underneath it absolutely not couldn't do it it's mm. already embarrassing enough to be in a scooter like I yeah, don't need that I'm not look.
1: you might as well you might as well go on the scooter in Crocs to be Listen, perfectly
0: honest as I said before I've made made it 40 years without being bullied and I'm not starting now right so I'm not going ex-
1: <laughs> to be allowed to bully you or is that what you're saying or you just don't want to be I'm just no I'm just that's why I <laughs> cover up them it.
0: LEDs before someone starts bullying me at the traffic lights you, or
1: something. You don't know what way you take people at this I think I just like what?
0: okay. I think I just let it happen. To be honest with you, <laughs> I go like, home and you're in the shower and you're randomly just start crying. Yeah, for real, I couldn't. I could, me and you both have shoulder problems. I couldn't even throw a dig now. Like, oh my god, I need to go. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, do you know what the gas thing is? I have, I have tooth problems, knee problems, and they're all down the one side of my body. I feel like one side of my body's killing me, stroking it. out. Like. And the other side is fucked. <laughs> so I need to I need to we need both need to make sure we go and get that shoulder thing sorted. I promised me mate I would go and get it sorted. He was he had the same thing. Yeah. and he, I made him promise me that I promised him that I'd go and get it sorted. So. Good, good.
0: Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, we need money to go and do this. And uh, so <laughs> thanks for listening to Lost Our Podcast. yeah uh, you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash lost our podcast. Yeah, at this stage of the game, like we're not gonna live well off it, but we might be able to like keep going for a few more years. Patreon.com forward slash Yeah, exactly. Lost Our Podcast podcast uh, is a uh, subscription based model and it's five euros a month uh maybe even less now with um the way the currency is, yeah, is changing this, uh,
2: this
1: episode was deadly don't listen to this really and, just do, and just do nothing yeah you it have
0: was, to it took us ages pay, and uh, in the middle of a hard time in our lives right yeah. so um if you don't if literally, you don't like that you got the bits,
1: you. bits of us falling off ourselves uh, and, for real and people uh, we like a lump of my
0: tooth fell out fell, fell off last night i was just talking to someone i wasn't even eating it uh,
2: um
0: so, yeah, if you don't like that, you got the dot com forward slash Lost Art Podcast. You can just uh, tip us for our work. Um, thank you very much. Uh, all the links to everything are in the body of the message. I don't know when this is going to go out. I was planning on getting this out tomorrow, but I don't think it'll be at this stage because I'm already late for work. So, uh, it'll be... Yeah, listen to it when you listen to it. Um this is us in the past saying uh, thank you in the future yeah for listening like, to,
1: to us if you, if you didn't give us money but time you heard us we might have died
0: over some it's disease like for uh, real fucking cholera or something i don't Diphtheria, know what or something fucking weird uh, Trenchful something that shouldn't exist anymore uh that's us thanks for listening and thanks. we shall be back in a, in a couple of weeks with a fresh one for you
2: yes